I'm just going to be me. Let's just be honest. That's. I think that seems like a good choice. That's the sexiest <laughs> choice. We're here for you. and welcome back to Femme on Film. I'm here for an extra special episode, which I think is going to turn into a series. Um, so it's called Femme on Film, colon. Which <laughs> uh, <laughs> is what we're about to talk about. I couldn't stop myself then. I didn't know I was about to do that. Uh, Femme on Film, colon, hearts and vaginas. And we're going to call it volume one. Now, I've got two amazing guests here, which I've been talking about for a little while. So it's not a surprise. But the first guest I need to introduce is the, I just called her the spark for this conversation. As we, I got to speak to the wonderful, wonderful Alison uh on indie comic spotlight and then we just started talking about sex and saying we wanted to talk about sex oh no was it indie comic spotlight or was it um the kids are all right i can't even remember probably both i think it's when we talked about the kids are right because we talked about the sex oh yeah (laughs) i just i just put all of our conversations into the sex (laughs) (laughs) so that's where you know alison from um she's also been on era of geek so alison introduce yourself I'm Allison Shelton, then a creator of the comic Reburn and writer and a filmmaker. And I've always, as a filmmaker and a writer, I've always written about women and sex and power. And I think sex is a really important tool that's underutilized in most storytelling. Oh, yes. Could not agree more. That's why we're here. And of course, when we're talking about all things sexy, we had to bring, I'm sorry about that, Tonya. We had to bring in. <laughs> we had to bring in the wonderful tonya todd so you've been on everything you're the busiest person in the whole entire world i'm sure you don't need any introduction but introduce yourself meow (laughs) short and to the point i want to point out that you know maybe i've been on everything but you two have been on my show this is true so we are frequent co-stars i like that and for all of your new listeners, because you know that you are reaching for new listeners, I am Tanya Todd. I'm an author, actress, and filmmaker from Las Vegas. Wonderful. And as always, we'll put everything in the show notes that you can go and see and follow everybody. So, hearts and vaginas, you're all asking. What are we here to talk about? <laughs> that is from that is from Indie Comics Spotlight. That. See, there you go. The title. <laughs> We are here to talk about sex. Baby, let's talk about you and me. I was going to have to sing that at some point. Um, there's, a, there's another song that I'm trying to not sing that we'll get to a bit later in, in the podcast. It is Mariah Carey. And clearly I, I am not even as remotely talented as she is. So good luck to everybody listening to me. <laughs> I won't cut it out. I'll keep it in. Um, So, yeah, we're here to talk about sex. The conversation Alice and I were having about sex in films. I, on the whole, I'm not against sex in films, but I'm fed up of the male gaze. I feel like most sex scenes that we see are male directors living out their fantasies for a a male audience. And it's not about real sex or female pleasure or anything like that. In general, I think showing healthy positive sexual relationships is an incredibly good thing whether we get to see that or not is something that we will be debating 
throughout this episode and other episodes. So that's why I was really excited when when you, Alison, wanted to wanted to talk about sex. I was like, yes, let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> let's reclaim it. Um, I'm sure down the line we will start talking about some of the worst sex scenes that we have mm. seen that show whether sex works or not. Uh, you know, a sex scene that always sticks in my head for that, which um, uh, which always pops in my head, is from Desperado, the film Desperado. And it's Antonio Bandreas and Selma Hayek having sex. And at one point he takes his cowboy boot and he runs the the like the star of his cowboy boot. His spare, thank you. Like up her I think it's like up her leg and up her butt cheek. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nobody's stopping in the middle of sex to do that. Nobody. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. if you're just like banging away, I'm like, can you just stop and run your spur up my butt? Like it's madness, and that's like the sort of films I think when I think about ridiculous male gaze. Because mm-hmm. I mean, Salma Hayek, beautiful, beautiful woman, but I don't really think we needed to see a naked body in that particular way mm. in that film. And that's the sort of thing that really frustrates me. So how this all came about, and now I'm just rambling, um, is we started <laughs> having a discussion, and we decided to pick two films each that we would, that we would, that had sex scenes that spoke to us in some way or other Mm -hmm. right (laughs) not necessarily the best yes although mine I liked (laughs) I came (laughs) came at it I came at it pun intended hard (laughs) (laughs) wow this is going to be a mature show yes I mean you gotta embrace it right (laughs) yeah I mean, we've um, learned a lot about Tonya and, and the sex scene she's chosen, which... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. I'm Should going to scare begin? away everyone or who thought they more... were going to follow me. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to intrigue people. Yes. Um, and here, we're just we intriguing everyone. So that's part yeah. of sex, isn't it? It is. Foreplay. Um, or should we begin... Or do you let's have more songs? No, no, no. I, okay. I, all I want to say is let's... <laughs> genuinely, and I didn't didn't think I was going to say this. I wasn't planning. I was going to say, let's get banging. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my first choice is Call Me By Your Name. Uh, <laughs> directed by Luca Guadagnino. I'm going to say... That was in the vicinity of how to say that name correctly. But um, this is my favorite sex scene of all. Uh, the whole movie is sort of... Um, a perfect movie for me and I was like oh, I'll just watch the sex scenes when I watched the whole movie I'm in from the minute the movie starts um, it is just I think it's an incredible adaptation of a beautiful book and it manages to make a really interior book an external experience um, cinematic experience which is difficult to do I do want to make a side note I know Army Hammer is a very problematic human um, and watching it again knowing that more details about that I wondered if it would change my experience um and it didn't really because movies are made by hundreds of people and it's a collaborative art as we all know and it's not his movie I think he serves a purpose here I think Oliver he's a great Oliver it's probably one of the only things I've ever really enjoyed him in um but he's sort of this perfect charismatic borderline asshole um and I think that plays to his strengths and I just think Chalamet I love him I'm a fan period but this movie he's just brilliant and um 
I think the sex scenes for me capture, I think the whole movie for me captures this very real feeling that many of us feel at 17 or 16 or 18 or 19 or where on the outside we look competent, maybe beautiful, handsome, like we have the whole world in front of us, but there is inside this kind of aching loneliness and um, uncertainty of where we belong in the world. And it looks to us like other people have figured this out, particularly I think people five years, three, four or five years older than us. They seem like they're on a totally different world because they have all this sexual experience, this life experience. And I think both Dirty Dancing, which Rhea will share and call me by your name, share this sort of um, how we can idealize people who are not much older than us and also idealize those sexual experiences because they have experience and we don't. And I think the, I think the movie captures that so well, all of those feelings and and that first person that we feel unleashes this part of ourselves that we weren't even sure we had. And, and I think the vulnerability it just like, of it. Yeah. That, that yeah. I think in particular it captured so well is just, yeah. I, I want to do this. I'm choosing to do this, but I'm just so very scared. And I don't want you to judge me and I don't want to do it wrong. And I want this to be amazing, but I'm just nervous. Yeah. Yeah, and all the emotions that are in all these different sex scenes, I love that. There's laughter, there's crying, there's and and I think so often sex is portrayed as this almost emotionless expanse where it's just about the physical, but that's not true. And very I think rarely true. Very rarely. And I think if you're using it narratively, it shouldn't really be ever true. Like this is a great opportunity to get to know our characters in a way that we're not going to learn about them any other way. Just like in real life, sex is a way you get to know somebody in a very different way than any, any other interaction you have with them. So I feel like as a viewer, I want sex to work that way narratively. Um, and I think this movie does it. I mean, pitch perfectly. How do you feel about the, the sex scenes in this film, Tonya? This was my introduction to Timothy Chalamet. And, you know, initially it was just, he's so young, you know, mm. <laughs> it, it almost hurt me to see what I thought would happen because how can you be that young and that vulnerable and this not end poorly for you? Mm. Because it is an experienced man and, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I have trust issues apparently, but. <laughs> Understandably. And I think he's 20, shall we, in the movie, the actor, but he seems so much younger. Like what you, I really had to like check myself when I'm, and that Elio is 17 in 1983, feels a different, right. you know, it plays very differently than 17 now, um, for better, or for worse. And yeah, it is, he is vulnerable and he trusts this person that we've already learned is not completely trustworthy. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and he's no perfect character. I mean, he's already no. used somebody else for sex and it yep. did not get the emotional connection that he's getting from yep. Oliver, even before the sex. So I did teach something, you know, it, it shows you that if it's just sex, it's not going to be as fulfilling as making love. And I think they did portray that very well. And I felt vulnerable with them. So I thought that they did a great job of making us feel connected to them as characters. Whether we liked what they were doing or not, we still felt it right along with them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Elio's so vulnerable. You know, when he when they have that very first kiss, when they go to that secluded spot, and and yeah. he throws himself into it. You know, because he's seventeen and he's eager and he's clearly in love with Oliver, and and then Oliver hesitates, but then also sort of teases him along at the same time. And then and then you see that building. And then when they finally get to have sex, I really like that the film cuts away, but it doesn't, it moves away, but it doesn't cut away, sorry. So, you know, it, you, we, we're just left to think about it, not to see the details, but I found myself this, this is only the second time I've watched it, I think, maybe the third. You know, I felt myself, found myself thinking not about the sex, but how how Elio is, is, you know, is he okay? You know, how is he going to be afterwards? It gave me time to think about it rather than it be about, you know, gratuitous sex details. It was just sort of what is, what are the emotions I'm feeling around this scene? You know, because before they sort of sneak into the room and then, and, and they're not, they're sort of teasing each other and sort of feeling each other out almost. It's almost animalistic, isn't it? The way that they're doing, mm-hmm. there's no words. And then they start to move on to having sex and then the camera moves away. And then you see, you, you see the after effects. And I just think that's, that's so much more effective than, than if we'd just seen them just full on having sex and then seeing the immediate reactions afterwards. And I and I love that about this film in general. I mean, this is not me saying anything new, but this film makes you sit and think and sit with your feelings and sit with the characters, sit with Elio. And and I think they, they don't deviate away from that in the sex scene, which could have been really easy to do. Yeah, I think they ride that line so well, that like showing enough that it doesn't feel like they're straying away from it because it's two men, but mm-hmm. also treating it with care because he is 17 and... And we do sit with his discomfort. I mean, the movie, that's how it ends. Um, and I loved Tanya. I'm glad you brought up his sex that he had with Maritza because I thought the contrast, because they could have also glossed over that, those sex scenes, but mm-hmm. we spent time with those and it felt so much more, um, you know, like, I can't, the word's not popping up into my head right now, but more just like an exchange, you know, like- Transactionary, like, yeah. Transactional, that's the word I wanted. Yeah, it feels much more transactional. Like, okay, this is what we do now. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been in situations where we've done things that we consented to, but it felt sort of just like, oh, this is what I do now. Not- Right, this I'm, is what I'm and, supposed to do, not yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. And I thought they did a really good job of that because it did not feel like it was, I mean, it felt consensual, but it did feel like- lacking that piece that I think most of us long for when we're being intimate with somebody you know it it didn't feel it didn't have that feeling and I thought they did a really nice job of that and we see how much it hurts her as well don't we and I and I love they don't shy away from that either even at the end when you know she obviously understands how he feels about Oliver because that's how she feels about him she even says Mm -hmm. I love you and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's they almost call a truce, don't they? She's like, let's still be friends. So you you get to see that full circle. Which again, I because also women are more mature. mature than men. <laughs> I mean, she's much better than Oliver, and Oliver with his fucking phone call. Or oh, I've been engaged to this woman for ages. Oh. I'm getting married. Bye. Fuck you. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's interesting too because it does not relate to this but there is a sequel novel which I do not recommend and um they get back together and for me the movie is not about that like mm-hmm. I think Elio is no. too good for Oliver I for me it's not unrequited love like Oliver served his purpose in Elio's life and then he can move on I don't think he's some hero like he, for me he is not the one that got away at all no I didn't read it that way yeah it's like see ya it's been real (laughs) it's just your first love affair you know your first passionate exchange but first not only not the one right right so should we move on yes yes I I, I could just talk about call me by your name for (laughs) ages but um yeah (laughs) we've got lots of things to get through so So another coming of age uh, love sex story is mm-hmm. Dirty Dancing. Uh, I love this film. I think it's one of the best films ever made. Genuinely, I watch it. Um, I made poor Kevin sit through it, who's never seen it before. And I only say poor Kevin because I spent the entire movie <laughs> lecturing him on why this movie <laughs> is ahead of its time and feminist. And and I think he he wasn't really paying that much attention anyway, but then he stopped paying even more attention. I've been like, well, look, this is talking about abortion. And actually, I think you'll find it's about class. And actually, it's about this. And usually it's the other way around, isn't it? But it's this and it's rude. And he was just like, yeah, mm, my laptop's so interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but any excuse to uh, watch Dirty Dancing, which is another film, much like Call Me By Your Name, which is all about sex from the very beginning. Everything in this film is about sex. But it's also sex positive. Um, apart from Robbie, you're a fucking arsehole. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the whole film. We're not doing realist breakdown of dirty dancing. But the the sex scene that I want to talk about is obviously very much when um, when Baby and Johnny first have sex. So they go, they do their dance, they come back. Penny's backstreet abortion has been horrific. Baby goes and gets her dad. He says, you're not allowed to be around these people anymore. And baby, of course, goes to Johnny's cabin because why would you not? And one of the reasons I absolutely love this sex scene is because for me, it's baby taking charge and it's baby getting what she wants. Johnny's the vulnerable one in this scene. And, you know, and Patrick Swayze is fantastic. I recently watched Ghost, rewatched Ghost, which I've not seen for actually years. And he does the same. He brings such vulnerability to his character in that film as well. And he does the same here, you know. He's he's almost nervous to be mm-hmm. having sex. And we know, we know he is experienced. We know she is young and she is not experienced, yet she is taking charge. Now, there's some issues with the age, which is not fantastic when you look at it back now. And you go, oh. and they call her baby. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, she's she spent so much time in the film trying to figure out who she is and never doing anything that she wants to. And she's finally doing, you know, she's finally discovering herself. She wants Johnny from the moment she sees him, she wants him and that is it. And she gets her goal. And the sex scene is the same as call me by your, by your name. You know, it, it pans away. We don't get to see the dirty deed. Um, <laughs> but also you don't need to because from the moment they start dancing together you know exactly what's going to happen and you know that it's going to be 
they're on even ground. It's not him seducing her. It's not him no, taking no. advantage of a young taking advantage of a younger woman. And I think it's so powerful. And I think when I first watched this film, I was probably far too young. I was like twelve years old or something like that. That never occurred to me. It never occurred to me that that there would be an imbalance in them having sex. Mm. And that's so healthy to see at such a young age. And I still think it's unusual to see in films now. And I think it's so special from when it was made that that we that we see a sex see you know 1987 it was made right. We see a man being vulnerable, a woman getting what we want, and then we don't have a gratuitous sex scene of her body. I mean, we've seen a lot of her body. <laughs> Anyway, like I said, this whole film's about sex. Like when she and Penny are dancing and he's watching sex, that is about sex, 100%. But, you know, there's nothing in this film that, make, for me, makes Baby seem like she's being um, objectified. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Tonya. So I'm just, I mean, obviously I've just been rambling on about this, but I just, I think it's really powerful sex scene. How did it land for both of you watching it again? From the moment they started dancing, I thought this is foreplay, you know, like just the, the slow strokes and just the the tender movements. You can see they're making love already. And I like that it wasn't just him taking her. It was them giving to each other. For sure, they each bring something to it the relationship and um I loved it I, I watched it when I was young too Rhea and I was there for the dancing yeah like, same that's here. Why I was there yeah. um but I was so I haven't watched this in a long time and I thought I might just watch the sex scenes but like you was calling by your name I watched the whole movie and um and I just like I loved it it is so like forward thinking and I read a bunch of the behind the scenes stuff you know that they wanted to cut the abortion storyline but of course the abortion storyline is what holds the whole movie together nothing happens without that and um and all the class discussions I just felt like it was that was so forward uh, thinking and that wasn't really happening at that time um and I agree with you both that he is so vulnerable and like when he it's not the sex scene you're talking about but it's later when he says when she says oh I get it you were oh. just using them and he says like no they were using me I yeah. gut punch it makes every time cry. I see that I yes but it it's true cry. yes and that he has that aware like that we get to see this man who's being looked down upon by people because of his class, but we see his self-awareness when so many of these other people who are being held in higher esteem in our society have no self-awareness. And I think the movie, it's brilliant in that way that it's not hitting you over the head with these things, but, but they're there and, and they're important. And, and I do think both baby and um, Elio and call me by your name. That is sort of the age difference is uncomfortable. And I think mm -hmm. the way that they navigate that successfully is they both drive forward the action. They both have older partners who are like, Hey, you know, um, <laughs> sort of step back. And this is something that they want. And, um, and I, and I appreciate not seeing young people and their feelings being discounted, you know, mm -hmm. 17 is definitely too young for a lot of things, but it is not too young to know what you want. Yeah. And, and I think that, that it, it, yeah. And, and it is this really like, yes, it is too young for some 17 year olds, of course, but like, um, 
I thought they, they do a really, I mean, Johnny is, he's really a gentleman and, and he is not, he does not to me feel like a predator at all. So, and, and that's like, and that's why we feel like she's safe where, I mean, Oliver can feel that way a bit. Mm. I think you can call me by her name, but I think Johnny, um, he's just, I think a lot of, I remember when this movie came out, uh, that's how old I am. Um, I remember a lot of girls falling in love with him, young girls. And like watching it now, I'm like, this dude's like 34, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Like really? Yeah, it was about that. And I think it was about his vulnerability and his generosity in, in being willing to evolve as a person and giving so much credit to baby for him realizing these things about himself. I think that was, that's what's intoxicating. Mm. Yes. He's an amazing dancer. He looks good with his shirt off. He's goofy, you know, but also he is man enough to admit that he has ways he can evolve. And I feel like we mm-hmm. so rarely see that um, as explicitly as we do in this movie. Absolutely. And one of the things they do is they, they have her show up fully dressed with an agenda and he is timid and he has yep. his shirt off. And it's not this, yep. I am here with my shirt off sexy stuff. It's I'm vulnerable and exposed to you. And now you're in my place and seeing that it's not as nice as what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, it felt like it was used as a tool to show he feels stripped down in front of her. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 fiercely intelligent. We know that. We, I mean, we're shown that throughout the film, and and she's you know she's somebody who believes in things and believes in herself. You know, the only time she she sort of doesn't is when she's starting to do the dancing, right? Because that's out of her comfort zone. She's she's right. always been in her comfort zone. She's always you know got her dad um, in her corner fighting for her. But even when he her dad takes that away that doesn't stop her being her. It doesn't stop her being Frances Houseman. It doesn't stop her from fighting for what she believes in or what she wants. And what she wants is Johnny. She wants, you know, but she doesn't just want him because she's, because he's hot. I think she does at the beginning, you know, when she's like basically like the rest of us panting over him when he's dancing. <laughs> We're all just like, <laughs> oh my God, like, this man is unbelievable. It's when he starts to show his vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. It's when he starts to bring down his walls that you see her actually falling for him. It's not just that that raw, I'm 17 and horny and I want to have sex. It's, I actually like you as a person. I see that you are a complex person. As Alison said, you know, not that she can change him, but I can, or even, I was about to say, help you be the best version of you. She's not even doing that. She's like, I'm just going to support you in who you are. I'm going to understand. I'm going to listen. You know, it's I'm going to make space to hear who you are as a person, as your experiences. I always think about the scene when they go off into the into the woods and everybody thinks about the water and like where you can see her nipples or whatever. But I always think about when he tells her about how he got into dancing. And I always think, how many people has he told that story to? Probably not many. Not many people, maybe Penny and his cousin, are the only people who know how he got into dancing, who knows his story. Because he can't show how he's vulnerable, right? Because he's got to be the lead dancer. You know, he's got to be out right. there every night. He's got to be impressing all the guests. He can't he can't show that he's struggling for money or any of that sort of thing, because nobody wants that from him. Who wants to hear that from your sexy dance teacher at this summer place? Like, nobody, nobody 
is interested and yet she is and she sits and she listens and she doesn't solve that for him she sits and she listens and then they go and dance and they go and connect and then they shag and I was like <laughs> it's extraordinary really if you think about it like it's the story of my life that? yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> it's a proven formula it's a great formula um <laughs> I mean, talking of other intelligent women, shall we, uh, shall we move on to your pick, Tonya? Yes. <laughs> Extremely so intelligent shift, women. Yes. yes, we're going to shift gears a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're not talking about the best sex scenes we've ever <laughs> experienced or what we are hoping to achieve in our own lives here. But we are talking about interesting sex scenes, and I think that one of the most interesting sex scenes is in Gone Girl. And, you know, we've gone through this movie, find out that Amy is manipulative and brilliant and very wicked. And how much worse could it possibly be, right? <laughs> <laughs> She's already framed her husband for murder. But uh, for, for her own murder, <laughs> you know, right. she's very much alive. But then, you know, she runs into some dire straits. She has an issue with part of her plan. She loses all her money. And so she relies on an ex who is very much obsessed with her. And mm -hmm. it seems like he just wants to control her. And she's not about that. That is not a thing that is going to happen. She's going to take control. And so she sets him up to make it look like he kidnapped her by violating herself <laughs> and, and playing to the cameras, his security cameras. And then she seduces him. And right in the middle of sex, she slices his throat. Now, you know that something bad is happening. You, the music cues us mm. and her face cues us. But you are not expecting the bloodbath. And Definitely for her not. to keep going, right? In the, like, just, I love yeah, like, just she keep keeps moving going on. Flip over, yeah. and I have this blood all over me. And now I'm going to just, I'm really going to get into it and make sure that you die. And then, you know, run home to hubby covered in blood. Yeah. Now we all know what Tonya's into. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a dancing kind of person. Um, so I'll admit I have a blood fetish, but <laughs> that wasn't what this was about. <laughs> <laughs> it was about her power in this mm. moment. She could have been beaten and she wasn't. She found a way and she did not allow these men to, to control her. She used their vulnerabilities against them. And I appreciate that because we see that so rarely. And my goodness, was she brilliant. Where I saw her, she was Jane in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> that was the only thing I'd ever seen her in. This really? wonderful oh. woman. And she... She pulled this off amazingly. I love Rosemary Pike so much. She's yes. ridiculously talented. And I love I love as well that there are things that David Fincher does that, that subverts it as well. So, you know, obviously she's in that, that white lingerie and she's incredibly, you know, Rosamund Pike's incredibly beautiful, incredibly sexy. But she's in that in that white lingerie as if you know, she is being, she's the innocent that's being taken advantage of, you know, clothes that Desi's bought her because that's how he sees her. And she, you know, and so she's, she's there and she's incredibly sexy and she unzips the weird top layer negligee thing. And, mm. and, and we see her full body, but when we see it, you know, obviously she's got a bra and, and pants on, but when we see it, 
I, I'm not looking at her. For our American listeners, she's wearing oh, panties. Panties, sorry. <laughs> she's not wearing actual pants. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Um, would make you, that really difficult for the rest of it. You see yeah. her, 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 her body's not, she's not lit. She's not shot as if she's sexy. She's, she's very powerful. Again, she's like an animal, very animalistic. That's how I how I see it anyway I, I you know I'm like we we see what Desi's not seeing that she's strong that she's a snake she's like that pure snake muscle he's even gone go and bloody work out and I'm thinking Desi you fucking knob you have no idea what's coming <laughs> you want this woman to get stronger mate you are not read the signs fella like, yeah and I, and I love that and then when they're having sex she's she is you know after she slashes his throat she's still going she is using basically his dead body to get pleasure and then dying body dying body right and then she gets off him and i and this is my favorite bit of the sex scene rosamund pike amazing the way she moves is exactly how you move when a penis is coming out of your body after you've just had sex and i'm like that's extraordinary that she's thought or she's been directed to do that yeah and i'm like that's extraordinary because that is something we never see in sex scenes anyway, let alone when a woman's just slashed a man's throat whilst they are having sex. And it's just that little, it's those little bits in the sex scene that I think is done so well that makes it really real, but also really shocking. And I just think it's incredible. You know, you mentioned the animalistic elements. In the previous one, it was more feeling each other out. Mm really the previous two, that the animalism was feeling each other out, where here it was predatory. Mm. But it's still and there. the predator is not who you imagine it will be. Mm. You know, because Desi is so clearly predatory toward her and is so thrilled to finally have her in his little cage that she mm-hmm. can't escape from. And he doesn't, he doesn't even consider that she could find a way to escape, um, which is... I think, you know, obviously that's his downfall, but um, I, I, this character in this movie, her level of commitment, you know, when she's putting the ligature marks on her wrists and they show mm-hmm. that. And um, when she uses the bottle to simulate what someone who's been um, raped, what it would be like that she, and when she fakes her own murder, you know, pouring the blood out and all, I, to me, those are some of the most effective things in the movie like the level of commitment um that she has to how she believes she's been wronged you know you may not agree with her as the viewer but how she's going to even the score and she is she's going to win this one um and i think you know we often see men in the position of winning these kinds of encounters and so if if seeing this it was i knew something was going to happen i pretty much like, but I, even anticipating it, I mean, I read the book, so I knew what was coming, but um, Fincher really is not afraid of going, going of the it. blood, of, mm. of the, of the kill, the, the joy of the kill, the pleasure of mm. the kill. Um, and, and I think she's a person who feels very, like she does not have the power and that she deserves in the world for so many different reasons. And I think this is the moment where she, she gets it and she enjoys it on a lot of different levels. Um, and it's pretty, <laughs> it's, it's, incre- it's incredibly unique, you know? Um, and it's not presented at, 
ironically in any way, which I think some filmmakers might be tempted because of the because of how how unusual it is and and something that we're not familiar to see familiar seeing. I think there is it would be a temptation to almost make it a bit ironic, but it's not. It's completely presented as um, her moment. And yeah. it's powerful and disturbing. Yeah, I well, think. I think that's a great point that you've, you've said there because, you know, I think the biggest um, comparison is basic instinct, obviously. But basic right. instinct is about seeing Sharon Stone as this incredible sexual being. Um, and I don't get that from this film. You know, I, no. at no point do I feel like that about Amy. So I think you've no, her, made an incredible Her brain point. is the sexiest quality she has. Not, it's not about <laughs> her using her body. That's just one of her tools. Mm. Mm. yeah it's definitely a tool her brain is I feel through the whole book and movie of course like man what if she'd actually used it for <laughs> for, for good, good. <laughs> <laughs> for not Ben Affleck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a waste aim um, higher Amy <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel because have you read the book as well, Tonya? Did you read the no, book? No, I had not read the book. I didn't know there was a book until after mm-hmm. I saw the movie. And I was so mad because I love reading the source material first. Mm. And I struggle when I read a book after I've seen the movie because the pacing feels incredibly slow to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I kept trying to put it off like, all right, I will read it eventually when I forget the stuff in the movie. But I can't. I can't forget the stuff because it's just... <laughs> it's so potent and powerful I love this film I yeah I I haven't been able to reread the book since watching the film and I loved the Gone Girl book absolutely when in the book when they flip and Amy starts like I for ages I basically just had like the cool girl speech just like in seared in my brain for so long and I love how they do it in the film um for you Alison how did you feel the translation of of the sex and Desi's death. I was really nervous about it because Mm. of that flip. And I thought, oh, everyone's going to know it's coming, you know, but um, it's funny. I don't even remember the book as well now, of course, but I remember when I saw the movie feeling really satisfied with how the flip happens. And when I was describing this movie to someone who hasn't seen it, I was talking about how really the first half of the movie, it's like, whoa, this guy did it. (laughs) You know, like, right. You really feel like, what a what a Scott I mean he looks like Scott Peterson and it <laughs> feels like that sort of and then I love that we are are we are a little we're not quite in the exact same space as him but we're close with realizing oh no he he is getting framed but I think when you first read it or see it you're not 100% sure until she shows up and then it's like and then they've made Whoa. him so disagreeable that you're like well, well we totally understand why she did that because he's kind of a dick you know <laughs> Well, and I love, I mean, I thought the whole exploration of of the people that we present ourselves as when we first start dating and, and when mm-hmm. we fall in love. And I mean, I don't agree, obviously, with, because I'm happily married. I don't agree with her, how, where she went with it. But I did think it was really interesting when he, he kind of agrees with her, you know, like I was my best self when I was pretending to be the person she loved. Mm-hmm. And we sort of see that in action. Um, and I, I thought that was fascinating and I thought it was a really obviously high stakes way to explore the idea of like, who are we when we're in relationship with people and what is the cost of forming ourselves to someone else? And when does the bill come due and how, cause it always comes due. 
because you can't keep it up forever. So mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that was really, I mean, I think it's really compelling. Jillian Flynn did a great job with the source material. Absolutely. Do you want to do you want to take us on to a slightly lighter note, Alison? <laughs> <laughs> like really, this is a real tonal change. Um, so my second one is always be my maybe with Ali Wong and Randall Park, directed by Nanachka on and. Um, it is, I really wanted to do at least one film that was definitely the female gaze, like written, directed by a woman, starring a woman. So this was um, the choice I made. Um, I thought a lot about different films I've seen directed by women. Um, and we had already talked about The Kids Are All Right, or I might have chosen that. Um, I thought about choosing Laurel Canyon, but I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to just go Lisa Jolodenko all the way. So um I love this movie in its to- in completely, but I do love, I love the first sex scene because mm. I do love a comic sex scene and I think they're very difficult to do. And I think this one is a great parody of so many sex scenes that we see that are played not for laughs, but you watch them and are like, oh no, like you definitely are not having sex in the backseat of that car in a way that is satisfying to you as your first time having sex, you know, and oftentimes that is not played as funny. And this is, and I like how it comes full circle. Like in the first sex scene, she kisses him and says, I'm sorry. In the second sex scene and final one, he does the same thing with her. And I think it's a great um, narrative device. Like, you know, the, the un, unasked question or unanswered question with the two of them is do they, can they have sex in a way that is fulfilling for both of them? That's really what's on the table. And then the sex scene, I think, answers it in a way that is not gratuitous. It's just, um, yeah, they had good sex. Like, it doesn't need to be like gymnastics, you know, it doesn't need to be um, all like soft lit and smoky. And, you know, it can just be like sex where both people are satisfied. And I think that that's a great sex scene. So that's why I chose this one. So satisfying without being glamorized. Yeah, just like, you know, people have sex, you know, (laughs) and it's good. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be like, it can be in a bed, you know, and that can be fine. Um, And, you know, I I also like that we're seeing an Asian American man be sexy because they are and we don't see enough of that. And so I thought, why not highlight? I mean, because I think he's hot. So let's enjoy this and talk about it so sexy and he he is unfortunately very much my type in this film (laughs) every time I watch it I'm like yeah yeah (laughs) so so that's there there was a bunch of reasons I was like yeah this is a good one plus like who doesn't want to watch it again and who doesn't love Ali Wong and I also love the you know before before they have sex he gets in a fist fight with Keanu Reeves so it just wins on a lot of different levels so good I love this but I mean talking about that before they have sex uh and and he gets fist fight with Keanu Reeves. There, there is a great contrast from from when Keanu Reeves first comes into the restaurant and there, and him <laughs> and Ali Wong are like kissing, being like, mm, yeah, mm, like the smell you are. I've missed you all this sort of stuff. You know, it's the over the top performative, yeah, sort of sexy thing we are used to seeing in films. I, they're mocking it in an incredibly funny way, but you know because they know they know what the source material of these are the pe- they're so horny for each other they can't keep their hands off each other so they're playing up to that so then what is a really tender and 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 like and um an equal sex scene you know it, uh-huh. it's 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 
the opposite of what they're doing in the restaurant where they're not they're just sort of like smelling each other and kissing and not having sex it, you know it goes and I, and I love that and it, it does the tonal shift it's really good um but I also love the first sex scene and I feel like it mirrors so many people's experiences of losing their virginity where they have sex after they're both seem not that satisfied and she lies and she goes why does your car smell of parmesan cheese <laughs> yeah and it, and it is that deflation for so many people when they first have sex because it, you know, it. yeah yeah exactly and it's her That's first thought big deal about that yeah and her first thought is your car smells and his car's messy and gross and she's just like you can tell she's just like what have I done like not the having sex with him because she's in love with him but the whole the how it's happened it's just like oh god Mm -hmm. he's grieving his mum his car smells of cheese no this is this this is not the romantic first time that everyone dreams of having with their first love (laughs) exactly (laughs) but it's realistic isn't it (laughs) yeah I thought it was such good car sex like when the car the seat like folds back and they're like all kicking the windows and like you know and I don't know it was good they did a good job I thought it was accurate car sex that's what I mean (laughs) it's not it's not a preferred locale for me so it was I thought it was on the nose and if it's that awkward for someone as tiny as Right. Imagine someone with legs as long as mine. Okay. Use the minivan. You gotta get the minivan. <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, sex scenes in this film, Tonya? I thought they were very realistic. That there was no romance added to it. You know, it was just <laughs> this is the way it is. And guess what? A lot of times that's just it. It's not about the sex. The sex is a part of the relationship, but the relationship isn't sex. And so the buildup that led to the sex, that's the reason you're together. Mm. It's, it's not about the sex. And yeah, it was disappointing. And I felt horrible for her after the first time. I was like, oh God, this is so awkward. Even afterward, it's so awkward. And the way she ended up leaving, it's like, you deserved better than that. I know he was grieving, but I was really mad when he didn't apologize mm. as soon as I saw each other again. I would have been holding that grudge for years. And she does. I love it when she sees uh-huh. him. She's like, oh, Marcus. <laughs> I, I gave my virginity to you and you said this crappy thing to me. Like, yeah, you owe me, buddy. But she loved him. She loved him and she forgave him. And I, I did like the mirrors that Allison was referencing when you know the the kiss and the apology and all of that I I enjoyed the mirrors yeah or maybe it was you were saying that I don't know no it was Allison and I just think it's nice like there's some sex and I feel like you know I have noticed that there's much less sex in like mainstream films and I never felt like there was that much to begin with but lately you know there's just less and less and less of it and so I guess this is me putting my flag in the ground and saying like it's good to have some sex scenes y'all like come on um we're blowing shit up left and right we can also show the human intimacy it's okay (laughs) right no so they did manage to show the vulnerability of it it was like yeah it was ripping the band-aid off sex but you still feel the wound you know yeah and yeah and if they hadn't seen it with the two of them i don't Mm. think it would have felt as satisfying them getting back together yeah it would have felt like something was missing 
Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And so it's, it's like you said as well, just, just it is just normal sex that they have. Yeah. Like they're both satisfied, but it is just yeah. normal. It's like no gymnastics. Which wasn't just, disappointing as a viewer. No, right. not at all. So I just like, I, you know, I'm like, let's just, it, it was, it was satisfying for me. And um, so, but I want to talk about a movie that's uh, also tonally different. Here for tone change. <laughs> So yes, the second <laughs> film I chose, because <laughs> when we talked about this, I was like, the first film's Dirty Dancing, any excuse Dirty Dancing, but also I, I love the sex scene in, in Dirty Dancing. So the second film I chose was after much debate with, with Kevin, we were talking about it, it's Kevin's mother half, um, and going through all the things and all, this, all the films I'd want to do and all the sex scenes I'd want to do. Um, and then... <laughs> And I was like, oh, we've spent quite a long time, about 45 minutes discussing this, and I'm throwing it all out of the window because the film I want to talk about is a film called Unfaithful, starring Diane Lane. And it's a classic sort of late 90s, early 2000s. I guess it's an erotic thriller, let's call it. It is. That's yeah. the genre. Yeah. Erotic thriller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> starring Diane Lane, who is in A, a Happy happy-ish relationship i mean i would say happy. They, they probably Just need to be a bit better honest. at communicating yeah they need to do a bit better communi bit better communication they need a couple of date nights um need to stop thinking about work and stuff like that who has a affair with um a french what is he like a what is he's a bookseller he's a book, book dealer a book dealer, yes. a book That's dealer. Um, so he has an apartment full of books <laughs> Which is hot already. Yeah, Tommy is like, I am full on. Like, oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> we. <laughs> uh, and the film itself is, is not my type of film at all. Although I did go and see this at the cinema when it came out because I love Diane Lane. I think she's a wonderful actress. Um, yes. I think she's incredibly talented and should be in so much more than, than she's been in. Um, but I, you know, <laughs> dragged a friend along to see it at the cinema, not really knowing what it was, just being like, Diane Lane, we're going to see this. I have to see this film. She's amazing. Um, and not only is she fantastic in this role, but for a film that is directed by a man, um, I, and especially watching it, and something that's always stayed with me about this film, I never expected it to focus so much on her pleasure and what she's getting out of the affair and also how vulnerable she is in having the affair you know we we explore her you know her highs and lows how how it's changing her as a person how it's it's almost something that she needed to you know to break up her boring comfortable safe life but at the same time yeah, it can it makes her completely fall apart. And I and watching it again, because I've not watched it in a really long time, I find it so interesting that that you know she she has a good sex life with her husband, which I sort of forgot about until I watched it again. So when she's when she has this affair, it, I feel like the film spends so much time looking at her, seeing her pleasure, seeing how conflicted she is. You know, that first, the main sex scene I'm talking about is the very first sex scene she has. Mm -hmm. 
and you know she's she's crying and she's unsure and and it doesn't it doesn't move away from that it doesn't like the camera doesn't pan away it stays on her for for a really long uncomfortable time where she's sort of like pushing him around and saying no but then also you know enjoying the pleasure and I and I find it I found it quite I don't think shocking's the right word or uncomfortable it just wasn't what it's not what we tend to see I find in films and I know erotic thrillers you know we do get some of this but for this film I just found I found it quite shocking I also like that she's I mean she's an incredibly beautiful woman but she's allowed to she's allowed to not be ugly because she's she's not gonna be ugly but you know her legs are bruised and cut her face isn't perfect her hair isn't perfect all the time you know her clothes on she doesn't dress particularly sexy until a bit later on when sort of the affair's more full-blown and and we were talking about this she's supposed to be sort of like middle-aged and and not as beautiful as she is and it's like I mean that's the most ridiculous thing in the whole entire world actually past somebody who's not Diane Lane um that would be it'd be much more convincing and I just find it so I find this film so interesting I don't think I find this film good or the sex scenes particularly good but I find them interesting and they stay with me and I think about them and I think about how it is about her pleasure and about what she's getting out of the affair where we see so many films where men have affairs all the time and they get bang the young blonde secretary and this is the opposite of that i'm just rambling now tonya what <laughs> when i said watch unfaithful and you went what is this film because hardly anybody's ever seen it uh how did you, how did you i had heard it? of it but i had not seen it so i watched it just for for this talk and you know i'm thinking this is because i haven't heard that much about it it must not be that great you know <laughs> but all right I'm in for it and I'm watching and it's just as soon as they begin interacting there's the accent the ice pack <laughs> the braille <laughs> the, the hand holding you know it's just all these little things he is seducing her with just little touches and little phrases there there's nothing overt it's so subtle and I mean erotic they got right in this because you don't want the over the over the top, bludgeoning you over the head, flirting that some guys do. No, you want to here. Let me coax your fingers along the braille and tell you a story. In a house full of books, which right there is sexy to me, in my French accent, looking like this. You know, there's so much about this man who was erotic, and then she, you see she's washing dishes and just slipping the dish mm. into the soapy water. She's thinking about them, about him, and they haven't even done anything yet. Mm. But you can tell. And then when they finally get into the act, first, I should probably preface this with, I am in the middle of writing a book about a woman having an affair. She loves her husband, but she is having some dissatisfaction in many areas of their relationship. The, the whole story starts off talking about how complacency can murder a marriage. And so I'm in this headspace, you know, I'm watching this. I am in this headspace every day when I'm writing. So I'm right there with her. So when they, they first have sex, I, I like I'm getting the, I keep going back to him and then I run away and I keep going back and I run away because I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't do this. And he's not trying to force her into anything. He has not forced her to do anything. 
So then he finally scoops her up and slams her into the bed, but then he, he doesn't take her. He's very gentle and slow and she's trembling and she's crying and she's trembling with desire and she's mm. trembling with fear and she's trembling with guilt. And you can see all of this in her body, in her, in her eyes, in her expressions. I thought that they captured that, those emotions and the, the dichotomy of her feelings beautifully. Like that scene right there, it, it wasn't just, and now I'm here, I'm just having this hot sex with this guy without feeling anything, you know, yay me, I'm enjoying this man. No, you you see everything she's going through mm. and you also see she needs this. She needs it. It's not just want, she needs this for herself. It's a form of self-care. And she feels horrible about that. So yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> You summed it up way better than me, Tonya, and it was my pick. <laughs> I should have just let you talk about it for my But it was my first things. time experiencing it. <laughs> Alison, what were you? <laughs> I haven't you seen it, that? too. No, I can't top that. Um, I, it was not my first time seeing it, either. I had seen it originally. But um, it's so funny, because I think um, I, I felt like he was a construct of, like, mm. what women would find sexy. Um, he was French. He was a book dealer. He's good with his hands. He has an apartment covered in, but like, for me, it was, um, I didn't find him sexy. So like, as a viewer, I found him to be, um, like how I feel when I watch movies and women are like manufactured sex objects. He felt like that to me. Um, so it just like the movie as I feel about most of Adrian Lynn's movies, they feel um, they're very um, presentational. And I could feel that in it. But I do agree with what Tanya said about the sex scene. I think it worked really well because it was told in flashback. And I think it needed that breaking it up with her reaction to what she's done, intercut with what she did. Um, and I find his character, you know, he makes me uncomfortable. Like, I don't trust him. I, no, I didn't him, trust him either. Just, yeah, just as so, inside, I definitely did not trust him. Yeah. So he like, I, I just, so that she is doing this with this guy is like, it's kind of the opposite of what we're talking about with like Dirty Dancing where Johnny's so vulnerable and he, and she's driving it forward with her action, something she wants. Like, um, I think this movie, Unfaithful, is meant to be sexy. I feel like that's kind of its main objective. And like, I read some behind the scenes and he like filled the rooms with smoke and the actors like had to get oxygen because they couldn't breathe. Um, <laughs> and the crew too. And that to me was, that summed up my experience of this movie almost better than anything. Like this sort of, and I think the, the thing I actually really did appreciate about the movie was I think it, it the tension of it was really well done. Like the building of the tension. And like you said, Tanya, when he touches her neck, when he gives her the ice, he gives her the Band-Aid. By the way, if a dude gave me an ice pack while I was on the phone with my son, I would punch him in the face. So like <laughs> that she's like, oh, that's so sexy. I'm like, oh, no, no 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 not it's so sexy it's oh look what he just did it was um he just snuck in a touch right there when she can't really respond um boundaries buddy um so 
but I thought it also did a really good job of when you are feeling off, like when you're not feeling like life is what you want it to be, or you're, you're considering a decision that you feel is perilous. I think things hit you differently. And I think the movie did a really good job of that. Like she reads meaning into everything, mm-hmm. every touch. Mm-hmm. And then, and then gear reads meaning into everything. She turns off the lights while he's still in the room. She right. gives a white lie. Like I, I think all of that was done really well. And I think that um, I appreciate that a lot. And, and I did, I mean, I thought the sex scene was really interesting and um, well done. And I did like the whole sort of like, I did think all the shaking like of anticipation and fear was um, accurate, believable. Um, and, I, and I do like a movie that's centered around a woman. And Lynn talked about like initially that marriage was kind of an unhappy one and he wanted it to be a happy marriage because he wanted it to be about when you lose all reason and you do something that doesn't make sense. Like that was what the movie's supposed to be out about for her and for Richard Gere, of course, eventually mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that, I, I felt like it was very well done and I think it is a good movie, but I don't think it's necessarily a movie for me. But mm-hmm. I, think it, I think it achieved what it, it, it meant to achieve. And I think it did it well. Absolutely. And what was the most stressful moment? What was the most stressful? Yeah. Mm. What about you, Rhea? I have to think about it for a second. I hate their final sex scene on the stairs. I, I hate find, stair sex scenes. I mean, I hate stair sex scenes anyway. I think they're ridiculous and stupid. Um, and and I think for a film that focuses on her at the beginning and her pleasure and her having the affair rather than the man having the affair, I hate that it it feels like he's really forcing himself on her. Um, and for me, that works in terms of character because I fall in between the two of you. I think he is a construct, but her construct, I think she's an unreliable mm. narrator. And he, you know, all of all of exactly what you said, Alison, all of the little things that he's doing, I don't I don't necessarily think that he is. I think I think he's she's built him up in her head like you know, like you were talking about Tony with like all these books and he's French and so he's sexy mm-hmm. and this means that. So I see it very much as it's from her. She's the one telling this story of him and their affair and and how he makes her feel. And so she's reading so much into all these little things. Whereas he is actually an arsehole. And he doesn't actually treat her particularly well. And he doesn't respect no. any of her boundaries or no. any of the things he asked her not to. The restaurant scene, for example. Right. And she's literally yeah. saying, please don't do this. I hate that scene. I think that's probably the most tense scene for me. And yeah. then that she goes for it. He kisses her and she's like, well, actually. And that happens so many times in the movie. And that makes me uncomfortable. So many mm. times she says no and doesn't mean it. And I just, that's a huge like problem for me. Exactly. And, and that, well, that's because, you know, it leads to the classic, well, does no mean no. Well, actually, mm-hmm. you know, it's showing, therefore, for me, it shows that she's trying to gloss over his manipulations of her because he, from the moment he sees her as prey, straight For away sure. as soon as she's in his apartment he is like I know what I can get out of this and then we also know that he's seeing somebody else so who else right. you know she destroying her life doesn't mean anything to him he does not care because he is all about his own pleasure um 
so yeah so so the restaurant scene i find incredibly uncomfortable the final mm-hmm. sex scene between them i find incredibly uncomfortable in the final sex scene they have unprotected sex moments after she catches him with someone else that i was just Ooh, oh yes, my god what are you bringing right. into your house you know like what are you bringing into your bed with your husband being with this guy who's clearly not just with you <laughs> yes um, and I think Rhea, that's I, I think that's a great reading of it. And I would agree with that, that he is a construct. And I think that is part of the reason those moments are in charge with so much because it is her and like when she is washing the dishes, Tanya, she is reliving these moments, but as she recalls them, mm-hmm. as they live mm-hmm. for her. And um, yeah, the whole thing, I'm just like, hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> If all of these things were done by someone that you didn't find attractive, it would be, ew, get the hell away from me. I will, I will sure. end you. Do not touch me, you know? For sure. Mm. And, and I because she was already in yes mode. It's yeah. ooh, ah, oh, yeah. 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 And like, I'm like, is his accent this thick? You know, like I'm that person. Like, okay. <laughs> is he just, like, I didn't trust him with the husband either. Reading a braille book. Okay, buddy. You know, like, I mean, I'm just, I'm pretty cynical, I guess, about those kinds of things. Like those, those like agreed upon sexy characteristics when they're, when they're like, so exaggerated, you're just like, okay. <laughs> I don't, you know what? There's Take something it down else. <laughs> because of the movie that we are about to discuss. Yep. <laughs> yeah. When we served her the team, I was like, "Don't drink it." <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Don't drink the tea. Uh, don't drink the coffee. Don't don't do it. <laughs> don't marry the guy who. Anyway, shall we move on? Well, I think that's the yes. perfect segue. Talking about <laughs> Tonya and accents and drinking uh-huh. the tea is the perfect segue into <laughs> the final film. Which is funny because I am drinking tea. <laughs> In a William Shakespeare tea tea mug. Mm, sexy. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, well, my final choice was Crimson Peak. And the sex scene in this was very much delayed. You know, it's not just, hey, we got married and we're going to have sex, which you would assume would happen when you get married. You might want to consummate the relationship. But for some mysterious reason, her husband didn't do that. They had all of this time together when it was just them. And she claimed he was being respectful. Hmm, Mm -hmm. That might be a warning sign, honey. You know? (laughs) Red flag. Right. And just before the sex scene happens, we learn that he has been married multiple times. So what the hell is going on? So it adds that extra layer of tension. However, when I first saw this, I had just had an experience writing where one of my characters came out to me. It was just the surreal experience of, I didn't know that there were things about my characters that I didn't know. I, I, I hadn't experienced that yet where they're telling me their story. And you know, you think you're in control of the book, but no, once you create these characters, they take on a life of their own. And so here they are having this conversation about the book that she wrote. And he's asking what happens with the hero? Does, you know, does he make it in the end? And she said, that's up to him. He has to make his own choices. So all of this going into this first viewing was just, I don't know, it was really working for me because 
of where I was in, in my life and in my, my writer journey. And then they're finally alone and she's the one who takes the initiative here. It's like he was never even planning to make love with her even though they were alone at last. She tells him to quit looking in the past. I'm not there, I'm right here. And it was a very touching moment to me showing how strong she is that she's willing, she's seeing you're hurting because of the past, but I'm right here. Let's build our life moving forward. And he falls for her right there. Despite the fact that he had been trying to kill her since, you know, she moved into his house, but she didn't know but that. But like an accessory <laughs> to murder, you know, like he's not like really. You know, he's tea. helping prepare um. the tea with the poison in it. He knows what, that his sister's going to put that poison in her tea. you know what tea. he's telling himself. You know, at night he's like, "Well, I don't do the murdering." You know, like, yeah, I, I'm just, a, I'm, I'm nearby for the murdering. He's a I, huge you know. accessory to murder. <laughs> <laughs> he is the honey that brings the he prey. Is. He is. He's the honey. And then he helps sure. prepare the poison. He just yep. doesn't put the poison in the tea. Right. <laughs> like, dude, you're very involved. You <laughs> agreed. So as so a that in the middle person, of the sex scene, I just want to say also oh, finish, in the middle yeah. of the sex scene, he, the first thing he does is he goes down on her, which this is about her pleasure. This is her first time and this is her experience. Yes, honey, get it. You know, <laughs> agreed. He goes down, he kisses her legs, he goes under her skirt. And when he crawls back up looking like the sexiest man ever, she flips <laughs> him around and takes him. Yes. That is why I chose this as my sex scene. <laughs> yeah. What did you think, Allison? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the <laughs> sex scene for sure. And I was going to say, Rhea, and I thought it was great contrast too to when he is with his sister that we don't see the sex scene. I love like how they characterize their relationship so quickly through um, that. Rhea, I was wondering, because for Americans, I think oftentimes British accents are incredibly sexy and are marketed as such to us. Um, is in particular so, yes and so I was wondering like so does that play for you at all are you just like oh what's up with this creep who lives out in the woods it's it, it's <laughs> it's the latter yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 because also we have a variety of accents you I sure mean, do yeah it's a wonder it's, yeah to be honest <laughs> it's such a small place yes how <laughs> many accents are there yeah. I mean meanwhile here you can live hundreds of miles from someone and sound exactly like them you yeah. know but not not there um so I but yeah I enjoyed it I thought it was I thought it was really interesting I you know because the the thing I keep hitting is I think it needs to be important to the story and here it is mm -hmm. very important to the story because he changes his choices based on that he's had this connection with her and right. she sis becomes completely unhinged because of it um, so a lot, there's a lot of fallout. I think this might be the most fallout from a sex scene, although unfaithful stuff. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of consequences from them. It, it was not gratuitous at all. And he's no. the one who bears skin, not her. Yes. Which I'm a fan of. Yeah, we all know <laughs> I'm a fan of that. It's a shame yeah. there is no penis. I think that would have made it even oh, more powerful. We know there is. And it's, and it's Del Toro, you know, Del Toro is not afraid of that sort of thing. I mean, he literally no. has a, a woman and a fish having sex in a film. So, you know, we know he's not afraid of things like penises. Um, so I do think that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> but 
yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement. But with... that would have been gratuitous in this. It wasn't about their bodies. It wasn't that movie. That's true. Um, but still, you know, I think more penises. Um, now I'm just talking about dicks. Um, <laughs> release the dong, you know. Release the dong, exactly. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I I love this sex scene and I, I agree with you both about how it's it, it moves the story along. It's actually integral to the story and it yeah. comes so late in the film that it's... It's it's that you know that it's not there just to be a sex scene. And, you know, we see, but just beforehand, we see him starting to fall in love with her. We we get a sense of there's something fishy going on. Why are they not having sex? Where does he keep on going at night? And all of this sort of stuff. You start getting a sense, but you also sort of, because he's so weak, he's so weak and pathetic, his character in this film, and he's nothing. Like, I find it hilarious because every American I've spoken to about this film is always like, Tom Hiddleston, he's so sexy. He's got such a sexy accent in this film. Oh, he's so sexy. He's like a misunderstood genius. So sexy. <laughs> he just happens to have sex with his sister. But I don't look he at him. He has no power so in any of his relationships. Right. And I'm, I don't think he's like, sexy. Good. For the record. I, I think it's just I just think Tom Hiddleston and his accent just confounds people because you know he's a beautiful man right and and the British accent his particular one seems to do something to people and I'm just like really because this is like the least sexy Tom Hiddleston has ever been um, <laughs> I don't agree with that <laughs> and um no so I find uh, Sir Thomas Sharp Sharp very sexy because I know I could control him <laughs> And, and you like you have and you've had a blood fetish and red clay is adjacent. Exactly. You could yes. probably do some things with there's a you have to really have interest in red clay. Yeah, I'm not real big on work dirt, out. Because but... <laughs> he's a little obsessed with this clay excavator. Yeah. I mean <laughs> he's not on my list of fetish men, you know, but I will say I do find him attractive. His his clay machine is sexual in itself, plunging it into is. deep red earth. Pulling back out, spilling red, what well, is basically red blood everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. it isn't about. And this film is gorgeous. Period. The red clay is gorgeous. The home is gorgeous. The way it's shot is beautiful. And that's mm-hmm. all Del Toro. You know, that's just the way his films are beautiful and haunting and just gorgeous visually. Absolutely. And the real hero in this film is Jessica Chastain because, yes. The red dress, I would kill for that dress. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we're not here to she talk did. about the whole film. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but I love her costuming compared to Edith. I love yes. how the back of her dresses are like her spine and are like yes. bones and, and rotting corpses. Um, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, <laughs> the, so, yeah, so the sex scene, I completely agree. And I love, I, I love that he he just flips and it's suddenly about her pleasure and he's in he's almost having sex for the fun of it and not because he feels obliged because he's been abused by his sister you know he's not his sister's plaything he's getting because as far as we know all of his other wives he's not had to, he's not had sex with right yes i would say that he has not so yeah. so the only other person he's had sex with is his sister sister well, yeah. Um, and now he's spoiler alert (laughs) yeah yeah. um and also that but if you didn't see it coming you weren't watching yeah exactly yeah Um, (laughs) but but also Edith is is 
it, it is like Dirty Dancing. She's in control. This is what she wants. She keeps on saying what she wants. She's got a singular, like, um, him. Yeah, yeah, exactly him. She wants him, and she wants to have sex with him. And I, and I've seen this film a good few times, and each time, she, when she flips him over and she's on top, I don't expect it. Because you know, because it's she's being drugged. She's she's nervous. She's and she's been taken to a different place. She's out of experience. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it literally flips. And I think that's fantastic. And I think it's a sex scene that Del Toro's thought a lot about and wants it to be impactful in that way. Wants it to be powerful for her and wants and to it elevates the stakes something. for both of them. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a fantastic choice. And I think the plate where it was set also brought a lot of things that are in the background into focus because she's like, I like it here better than I like it at the mansion. Because many times right. throughout the course of the film, you're like, what are they doing? Like, why do they keep getting money so they can dig clay up and hold on to this house? Let it go. Oh, let seriously. it go. Right. go I gave up cottage. everything to be with you. You could right. leave your house, you know. Right. <laughs> And I just, like, I loved that, too, that they did end up having sex there and not, because they almost sort of do earlier in the house. And it's such an unsafe place. And that they're able to consummate their relationship in a place where they can, where she can feel safe. And, mm-hmm. you know, sis isn't going to show up with some tea. So, And she just bounces into that house demanding things. We're home. <laughs> and I'm a woman now, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that was, I mean, this was a really, I thought, a good cross section of choices. Like, it was not the same movie over and over again. It was really interesting watching them um, and thinking about them critically in this way. Not just, like, overall what I thought of the movie, but specifically the sex scenes and how they function mm-hmm. within the movie. Did you both have the same sort of struggle as me as just choosing two? And which yes. ones you really wanted to discuss? What uh, what would be on your if we did a part two? Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm not going to tell now. <laughs> Any hint? We'll Any reveal hint? that during part two. It's like, but, I mean, can if we you really each want to do know, one? Look at the list I posted. <laughs> but I was making yeah. suggestions to the two of you when you said you were going to do right. this. I was you, you asked for suggestions. And I'm like, how about this or this or this or this or this? <laughs> well, and I was really it struck me how much more like I said earlier. There's less sex in movies and mm. how much more it's in it's the it's television now mm. like the sexiest thing I've seen I mean it was a while back was normal people like that was immediately the thing I thought of um uh or like that there's more conversation about sex and there's yeah. more because there's more time to explore it and really think about it and talk about what it means to these people and um so I it was it was harder for me to think of contemporary. I did go with two contemporary movies, but it was a little harder for me. Call Me By Your Name was a slam dunk. It took me a little time to come up with the second one because I didn't, I wanted it to work not just like because the woman directed it, but because of a bunch of different things. So it took me a minute to find one that, that satisfied all of the things that I wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't want it to just be about titillation, mm-hmm. um, you know, which I can think of, of, dozens and dozens of I wanted it to be ones that have either stuck with me or meant something to me so dirty dancing clearly as we all can Mm -hmm. tell means a lot to me and Mm -hmm. and you know unfaithful is one that always comes into my head in terms of 
what is what is the epitome of erotic thrillers from the late 90s mm-hmm. early 2000s and and you know and not just about a man funnily enough uh talking about unfaithful uh nine and a half weeks not just a man feeding a woman strawberries from a fridge in a to to see her to see her boobs type thing um <laughs> nine and a half weeks um <laughs> How about you, Tony? You you seem to immediately just be like Gone Girl, Crimson Peak, done. Well, yeah. when you said only two, th- those were my two immediate choices. Mm. Because you didn't want just sexy. You were asking for something interesting. And I think they both offer something interesting that a lot of other movies do not. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Let's sort of do our, our as you, as you can all tell. I'm also going to make us do a part two and a part three and a part four. Can we get to part sixty nine and make it super sexy? <laughs> <laughs> we might have um, to branch into TV for that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but there's there's some other thoughts. There's one sex scene I really really want to talk about in a future discussion, which I think I probably mentioned in our in our discussions, but it's it's. I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to keep it. Ooh, it's not actually okay. exciting. But no spoilers, only teasing. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, so let's let's wrap up. Tonya, tell us about where people can find you. You can find me across social media at Ms. Tonya Todd. I'm on IMDb Tonya Todd or my website, MsTonyaTodd.com. Alison, you're up next. Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at by Alison Shelton. A-O-I-S-O-N, um, or my website alisonshelton.com Wonderful and you can find me at Femme on Film or at Mia Carrigan on Twitter and Instagram and thank you so much this has been an amazing discussion I have thank loved you. Our, our group discussions about it and there's definitely more to come from the three of us Smash the paint, Jamaski <laughs>